The podcast you're about to listen to is part of the Professional Casual Network. To find more podcasts like this, please check out professionalcasual.com. The Professional Casual Network has gear. Check out teespring.com slash store slash professional casual for fresh new swag. A huge shout out to our sponsor, beardeddragongames.online. Pick up all your local game store goodness from Magic the Gathering, Dungeons and Dragons, Pathfinder, or Wafurp 4th Edition, as well as terrain, paints, board games, comics, and more. Make sure to use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout for free domestic shipping or PCME10 for 10% off your total order at beardeddragongames.online. Also, a special thanks to Built Bar for sponsoring the show. To get 10% off your order and to help support the show, use code PROFESSIONALCASUAL at checkout or use the link in the show notes. If I know where the right mic is to unmute true believers, guess what? It's Thursday night. It's it's Twitch. This is the first time we've been over here and we have a whole bunch of special guests. It's wait. Did I roll a wild? You're Marvel Crisis Protocol Plavlog. And oh my gosh, we have something so incredibly exciting tonight. We are joined by none other than Danny Cole. Hi. We also have Dallas and Sarah from what? AMG. They are here. They're going to talk with us. We're going to go over a whole bunch of really neat things. Um, and I, I, I have never been this excited to be on stream before. Uh, Sarah and sure. Dallas, welcome. Yeah. Hi, guys. Hello. Uh, for those of you at home that aren't necessarily familiar for whatever reason with Sarah or Dallas, uh, why don't you guys give us just a little bit of what you do with AMG and uh, a little bit about yourself? Starting out. Dallas. Mm. <laughs> this is going great. <laughs> I'll, go I'll go first, I guess. <laughs> you go first. I'll go first. How about that? That's a good plan. All right. Um, I'm Sarah Rowan. Hello, everyone. Um, I am a developer at Atomic Mass Games, working primarily on Marvel Crisis Protocol. And I'm going to pass it straight to Dallas. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I hate it. What is a developer? What is a developer? That's a good question. Um, uh, someone who is mildly awkward, apparently. That's usually a qualification, I think. Um, but uh, aside from that, what we primarily do is um, take the designs that come from the designers, the other people at the studio, anyone who comes up with the designs for any given product, and put them through their paces, make them balanced, run the wording, try to make everything as clear as possible, and get it out the door for everyone to play. So you take the insane ideas and actually put them in a format that people could use. Ideally. <laughs> in a perfect world. That's awesome. Uh, and how long have you been doing that? And have you done it for uh, previous products before MCP? Um, before this, I did mostly independent design work. Um, so just made my own games on my own. Um, okay. And shipped them out. And then I've been working here for about a year and a half now. Oh, wow. Wild. That's so cool. what was the most recent release when you first joined and what was the first release that you helped work on that ended up coming out? Uh, the most recent release when I first joined, I really don't remember. I'm sure we could run a trace on it. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm going to be honest, like the anyone who's worked a new job, the first month of your job 
what, what, mm-hmm. what you're really just trying to figure out what's even happening to you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so the first thing that I did any memorable development work on would be the Shadowland pack. Um, Shadowland, oh, Electra, Daredevil, and awesome. the Hand Inches. I mean, first off, that's awesome. Some, yeah, some of my favorite stuff that's come out recently, yeah. like in a in a big way. Um, Dallas, how about you? Because uh, I I I realized that you know, similar to a lot of the things that change within the game, kind of as time goes on, uh, you are also joining us from multiple locations tonight. Oh yeah, I'm just all over the place. A worldly man of mystery. Yeah. That's definitely me. Can't stay still, you know, gotta keep moving like a yeah. shark. I'm always moving. If you're not pushing, you're dying. You know? <laughs> I love that. Oh man. Um, but Dallas, how long have you been with AMG? What do you do at AMG? And uh, you know, what's up? How are you doing? Oh, I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Yeah. Very nice. Um, my name is Dallas Kemp. I'm the creative director at Atomic Mass Games um which sort of means like where Shik is like the designer and he does the random uh madman scribbles that poor sarah and pagani and uh plumber have to like decipher and interpret and make a actual real thing um (laughs) my team have to take my random nonsense madman scribbles and turn them into sculpts and paint jobs and terrain boards so anything that has to do with art or miniatures, um, I kind of uh, oversee and do that. And um, I've been at Atomic Mass since the beginning, the, the the start, the foundation, the inception, the conception, the one of the founding members. Yeah. Oh, I mean, okay. Well, awesome. Yeah. Well, I know I'm, I'm going to speak for Tim, for yeah. myself, from you know everyone here at the network and all of the the great connections that we've made. Thank you guys so much for your contributions to the game. Like this game single-handedly, I think kept Dan, my husband sane during the, sh- the lockdown with COVID. Yeah. Um, just, yeah. it was like something where you guys were still coming out with product. He was so excited about it. And just like really thrilled to be able to get the models, paint the models, talk about the models. And then, you know, the game aspect of it too. So just really awesome stuff. Thank you guys so much. And like I said, we've made so many like friends here and far. And yeah, we love it. Um, speaking of uh, things that we have really enjoyed, one of the more recent releases that came out, uh, right, what was it, two weeks ago, the Renewal of Vows. Yes. Event. I am in absolute love with this event. Mm-hmm. Um, I dished about it the, for the last couple of weeks. We got to play all three of the missions live uh, a couple of weeks ago on stream as well while we were at the Atlantic City Open. Um Dallas just recently told me too that uh, that Sarah, you were heavily responsible for this, and I have to say so heavily, thank you so much. There has not been so far, at least in recent yeah, memory, he is. like yeah, seriously, he is. yes. When I first <laughs> saw the like little teaser for it, and it said the like you're you're invited to, and I had Mystique, and I was like, oh my gosh, we're getting something with Destiny. This is like the coolest thing in the world. And then I read through those events, and just oh, I mean, we have objective tokens that are that are punch cups, and you're showing off gifts, and you're fighting with other people for invitations being dropped off with limos. I was absolutely head over heels for this. Can you tell me? kind of about the design process for that what inspired it um was there any comic influence that you really enjoyed that kind of spurned some of that and not spurned but spawned some of that (laughs) 
And uh, yeah, spurn. just, just spurn. Spurn. give me your experience. Someone was spurned. Those people who didn't get invitations, they were yes. spurned. Yeah, the oh, in laws may. Yeah. Mystique was a bit spurned for oh, yeah. some minor spurning. Yeah. <laughs> but tell me about um, that a little. Yeah, go for it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, first, um, it's, I, I don't know. I mean, I mean, even at a loss for words, it, it's the best thing to happen to a developer to hear that somebody really loves the thing that you worked on. So thank you for that. I, <laughs> I did a little bit spy on you playing it live because I was very excited to see <laughs> people so fun. Um, playing something that I worked on, which is, you know, part of, part of why you do the job. It's the best. Um, the, what do we, what do we even start with talking about? So um, yeah, I kind of, I kind of threw a ton at you there. Sorry. I'm a little giddy about that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, definitely. uh, All right. See, I I have an issue with starting. You can tell this, right? (laughs) So was, was there a comic draw that, that pulled you to, to that relationship or that story to want to focus an event around it? What was the origin point for this is what I want to focus on? Or did it start as something else and kind of slowly developed into what it was? Um, well, it was definitely um, a little bit personal for me. So I knew that um, this was going to be going live in June. Yes. And uh, I have a wife. So I thought, how can we how can we get this out there? Um, and Mystique and Destiny in the Inferno um, story arc was specifically what I read for for inspiration for this. Um, so it was really great when it was announced and people immediately started sharing Inferno screenshots. I was like, yes, yes, it landed. <laughs> 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 you know, there's always that, that tiny like, oh man, is anyone but me gonna like really latch onto this or care or know what I'm even talking about? Um, and so, yay, I'm glad that they clearly do. Yeah. yeah. So that's... Um, and then from there, I, I really wanted to make an event that felt um, that just went a hard left from some of the others that we've done. That's like, you know, Civil War, the Empirical, that's very like brows lowered, time to like fight for the fate of the world, which is really yeah. cool, right? I, I worked, um, I had some work on those as well. And then I just thought, why not do something different? Why not do something that's just, just joyful in the extreme. Yeah. That's what I yeah. really hope to go for that. Um, people would play this event because it's just really funny and fun and cool and, and celebratory. I completely yeah. agree, especially with, with hell to pay coming out. <laughs> right. I was just going to say that juxtaposition with something that's like lighthearted. And like you said, Sarah, celebratory, which I feel like is just such an accurate word to describe it. And then the juxtaposition with hell to pay, which was still a super fun encounter to run and to yes. play and to participate in, but much more of your like typical, what you would kind of expect from an ultimate encounter. Well, and yeah, I think that's the the thing that's really exciting about MCP as a whole is the, the, the the very vast variety of the games that you can play, whether they are for fun and you're fighting for invitations or you're just annoyed that Gambit's playing very poor music yeah. at a reception, <laughs> or if it's, you know, fighting to get out of uh, the realm of hell by right. just hoping and praying that yeah, all of your characters get don't get you by Hella herself yeah. is, is one that of the things that... Yeah. Like, that philosophy is very core to, like, the atomic mass, like... uh 
you know, identity, like everybody at the office and everybody that works on these, that's what we think about is like how to do something different. Like mm-hmm. how do we do something different? We've done this, we've done this, try this, try this. Right. Oh, we did that. And like, that works in an interesting way. But if you take that philosophy and you turn it on its head and you give it a 360 and you put a pineapple on it, you got this. Now there we're doing go. this. It's, it's once again, it's that push and try new stuff and mm-hmm. just, just be exploratory and joyful about it. And one and thing, not, not rigid. Right. And yeah. one thing I loved about the renewal of vows thing is that Dallas, I know that you are very into like the the storytelling and the narrative aspect. And I mm-hmm. felt like that was such a good like story to tell, regardless of who you're running or anything like that. Just this idea of this wedding. And it's just so like chaotic and funny. I loved the storytelling aspect of that encounter. It was really great. Yeah, I'm, I want to play Mr. Sinister in it and be like in my head, he's like walking around. He's like wiping people's glasses, you know, yeah. I was just like, you know, I'm just, oh, somebody spit on that cupcake i'm gonna steal that you know little gene <laughs> sample for later yeah especially with some I like of the playing hulk as a as an honored guest I like imagining not mr fix it hulk wearing his little <laughs> his little bow tie doing his best best behavior trying so hard and then, you know he gets mad and starts smashing something <laughs> and he's got the gift look yeah. it was for you <laughs> friends I love that. Giving that invitation and slipping out of his hands. He's like, no. Um, How? He was just a little tight and he's just like barely holding it together. So Mm -hmm. constricted. Um, How long do, like, for example, the renewal of vows, how long did that take from, you know, your original concept of the idea until it was like ready to go out to the masses? The atomic masses. Um, so we're never working on one thing at a time. Sure. So how long it takes to do something is always like, how uh, long is it spring? Right. It's like a combination of when, when were we aware we need to start working on it? When did everything else have a lull in it to give us time to work on it? Mm. And like, just how fast do things come together? once you have that time. Yeah. So, um, I think I worked on this over the course of, I don't know, a month. Wow. Wow. It's, uh, the, the purely digital products come together a little bit faster. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah that makes sense. But that's, uh, it would be longer than that because, you know, then, then you go and work with graphic design. Graphic design did an amazing job on this one too. Mm-hmm. They pulled together, the, the special colors and the art for the backgrounds and all of that stuff to make it just look great. Yeah. And then, of course, marketing made those invitations. And sorry, I just, I want to hype yeah. up everybody. Jim. Yeah, definitely. There's an immense amount of work that goes into one of these. So like, how long did I work on it? Maybe over the course of a month. How long was it worked on? Longer than that. Longer than that. Yeah. Yeah. Now, and when talking to about kind of the different modes of play and that it doesn't have to be rigid and kind of the same thing over every release, the powers that you could choose, the the scaling up ones, whether it was guests of destiny or mystique or the in-laws, um, there was a very nice mix there where like Destiny's first power, I was just over the moon with mm-hmm. the uh, just guess how many uh, crits you're going to roll, then roll. And if you get it right, you get some power. Yeah. 
And then there was uh, some more traditional ones in there that were kind of like a, not a brace for impact, but like an Odin's blessing or, or something along those lines. And it seems like you guys have hit a very good um, kind of blend of being able to inject a whole bunch of super fun and super new things while having things that are recognizable there for maybe some of the more competitive players or people have been playing for a while where they just kind of want something to rely on. How much does that go kind of into creating those abilities for events like this as far as do you like to have a good mix of a little bit of wacky and a little bit of kind of the more static stuff or is it kind of just always a free-for-all? Um, you, you sort of hit the nail on the head with the general philosophy is, uh, I mean, it's special, right? It's a, it's a unique event encounter. So you don't want to use just stuff that people have already seen, but if you go too far off the wall, then it stops feeling like that core game that you know and love. So you want to try to hit that balance and, um, working on these types of events is, um, my turn to, throw out the crazy ideas and then have all the other developers come back to me and be like, all right, <laughs> look, I know, I know what, I know why you want to do this, but you just can't. <laughs> just tone it down a little. So, that's uh, like that, that's, oh, sorry, Sarah. I was just going to say that, that's like, that's like, like kind of like the fun, big secret of when you're developing, even just the miniatures, you start here <laughs> and then you gotta, okay, well, hang on a minute. Like, <laughs> right. You got to dream big, got to dream big mm -hmm. and take the shot. And then, you know, even when it gets removed, at least you dreamed big for that. <laughs> this might be yeah. kind of a, a too big of a question to answer in a short amount of time. But throughout kind of the, the creative process for any of the characters that have come out, any of the events or the ultimate encounters, has there been something that was in fact just too big that you did have to scale back. That was like, listen, we, I, I get what you're going for, but there's just, it's too difficult to try to fit with that one in, in, re in relation to other things that are going to be happening in that particular scenario. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm uh, around the office. I'm known as um, everything is bigger. Like make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger, make it bigger. Um, I start very, very big, even just philosophically when I'm discussing like an idea, I have to start it very big and then I have to work my way down to details where other people start at details and then kind of branch out the opposite way. Um, the very first iteration of Hella, uh, staying on topic there, actually had way more going on on her base than... Um, than just the uh, the the simple wisp of smoke that elevate her to give her that flight, that movement, that um, that uh, elegance that she holds, that power and drama that she she has, that drama. And I know I like to say drama because it's funny. Um, <laughs> it is like she had like I don't know like Viking ghosts and like yeah. and but it was just it was just too complex for us at the time. Like we were still working on how stuff works. So a lot of times things get trimmed down or a lot of times things get trimmed up even like, you know, we've had characters where it's just like, okay, that's cool. But what if, and Malekith is actually a good example of that. Which I mean, talk about just blowing the doors off with Honestly, a model. Like that yeah. One. Gosh. Yep. Um, did you, at any point previous to Malekith, were you ever like, listen, people 
love tactical rocks. They love tactical zombies on Blade's base. Uh, can you outdo tactical? Oh, what is it? A something lion? What's the thing? The that, bog lion. The bog lion. And, tiger. Uh, oh, bog tiger. Bog yeah, tiger. That's it. And do you consider him a tactical bog tiger? First off, I take, I, feel, I take offense at the tiger being tactical rock. <laughs> is it a cosmic bog tiger? Like a cosmic taco truck? Right. I just figured it was it was the scale. Overall, you have to be able to outdo everything that you've done before. And, and Malekith has certainly done that. Whether it's tactical or non-tactical, just... It's insanely um, I, cool. I, I mean, we've already outdone it. You just haven't seen it yet. Okay. Incredible. I mean, uh, is it? I want to ask so many questions or Dallas. That's super not fair. <laughs> <laughs> he got you. He got you. Uh, I don't play by the rules. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But, I mean, that's a, that's a, that's a, I mean, Sarah does it and the development team does it. It's always like you take this idea and you grow it and you push it and you want to do something bigger. And then um, I've been working with Marco for a long time and we are definitely like, we're not even done with a project. And we're both like, we'll start a project. We're like, this is the greatest thing ever. Oh my God, this is so awesome. And then we're not even done with it yet. And we're just like, this is dumb. Like, ugh, just, we could have done so much more just, ugh. So it's always that push to make it like, how far can we go? And you don't want every single miniature to hit that Malekith level. You want a nice bell curve, just like with development. They want a nice bell curve. They want this beautiful bell curve. You got people who are in like from a sculpting side, you want people like Luke Cage, who is um, very dramatic and poised, but also the miniature itself is very restrained and it's elegance. And they have things like bat tigers on the other end of the spectrum, you know, and then, you know, uh, Magneto is closer to the middle, right? Stuff like that. So you want to create a nice bell curve of stuff to give the eye visual interest. It's like, um, it's like painting on a canvas. You need places for the eyes to rest. You need places of action. And um, the entirety of Marvel Crisis Protocol is a canvas, but each uh, like faction is a canvas. Each two character box set is a canvas and each character itself is a canvas. So that philosophy carries through every single like um, um, division, however you want to divide it. We try to carry that philosophy of giving a place for IRS and places of excitement. Okay. So speaking of, that's something I've always been super interested in. I don't know if any of the listeners are going to be interested in it at all, but it's the, just between us now. Right, Let's just yeah. Go. yeah, it's so fine. In the development process, you talk about all of those things kind of being their own unique pieces of art, either who they're paired mm -hmm. with and, and kind of that whole deal. Are there characters that have started as going to be released, like say with someone else, say was, was Crossbones ever potentially going to come out with Sin in the same box or something along those lines? I know with the core box is probably a little bit different of a question, but um, has that development process changed with any characters where you've been like, you know what? No, they need to be with this character later on, or maybe we held them back to move someone else up the line. Any immediate like triggers right there where you're just like, you know what? There's was something that we did and we held off on and obviously it, it ended up becoming a success. Um, I don't, I don't think anything in like, we can go into like too much detail about, but like things are, you know, things are always, you're, you're always assessing something and trying to like make the best thing you can make. So, 
um, things move, but it's not, it's a, it's a rarity. That's oh. a very, very rare thing. Okay. Um, I have the benefit of my husband is super into the hobby aspect of the game, whereas I am not a talented painter or assembler or anything like that. He is also a completionist. So we have everything that's <laughs> been released, I want to say. And he has this really cool um, like glass display case that we got from Ikea years ago. And I love like when he asks me like, hey, can you grab this model for me? And he's got two shelves that are just his MCP stuff. And to go and look and it really is Dallas, like you said, like each model in and of itself is beautiful. And then the way that he has them arranged, like it's just the most incredible like scene that he set up and it's just in a display case to just grab and go and put in the little lunchbox but it really is like there's so many different artistic also story elements within yeah. each box set and each release and each character and it's really like adds another level of appreciation I feel like a lot of players don't get that you know the the work that like Sarah you and your team do on the development of that and Dallas what you and your team do on the art aspect it's just it all comes together so well that I feel like when you know that you have so much more of an appreciation for it. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's, and it's all, once again, it goes back to that iteration, right? Like, um, you know, we, you have an idea and you do this thing and then it leads to another idea and then it leads to another idea. So like you might see themes grow more um, prominent as time goes on. You might see, uh, basing aspects, um, or the tactical rocks become like more, Oh, that's a callback to that. Because as we learn and as we grow, and as we just philosophically push ourselves, those are going to become more obvious and, um, you know, aware. Um, and, and yeah, it's all about the story, right? Mm -hmm. We, I go back and I look when we started like doing poses for characters, um, you know, I'll go back and I'll look at everything that we've kind of done before sometimes and just remind myself like, oh, this is close to this. And like, how do we tell that story? How do we take that story and we do this with it? Right. Yeah. So, And then, you know, you you put all of these things together into this beautiful artistic piece, but you do such a great job to think of the Deadpool model. Yeah. Right. How many different heads like the the choice. And I know that Dan chose to base his differently. So they're like tacos flying out and like the teddy bear and stuff like that. Yeah. And just like you give them the choice to also really make what they do with it very unique to them and the story that they want to tell with their characters. And I I just have so much respect for that. Uh, speaking uh, I, of. Oh. oh, no, I'm I was just going to say I. I that's our goal, right? Is giving you choice and, and giving you the opportunity to tell your Marvel crisis protocol story. I, I believe every single base is blank and every single miniature is just a pile of potential. It's that's all it is. Yeah. It's just potential for you to dream your dreams. I've been building miniatures for over 30 years and it's, you always look at the miniature when you get it and you're like, what can I do with it? What is my take? What is my, like, and, and you tell your story and we really want people to embrace that, you know, tell your, tell your Marvel story, like have fun with it, rebase them, like put Captain America standing on top of Bucky's shoulders, you know, why yeah. not? <laughs> you know, that's my favorite part about um, hobbying, even as like a, an amateur hobbyist that it, just being able to make any miniature my own that like, mm -hmm. You know, even if I feel like I screwed up the paint job or whatever, it, it doesn't matter as much when it's like, okay, but it's still, 
it's still mine. Like I made this. It's yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. Like it's, it's unique to me. And I paint all of mine with custom colors just because that's, that's awesome. what makes me feel the most like they're mine, you know, yeah. like. First off, you never, you don't screw up paint jobs. You learn lessons. Exactly. Exactly. And my favorite paint job I ever seen was the last miniature you just painted. Oh, what model was it? Yeah, what was it? No, I'm saying that you, the, the, oh, the, gosh. the, the collective you. you. <laughs> uh, that, the royal you. <laughs> that leads into uh, my next question, though, which is super cool, though. So thank you guys for actually uh, ta tag team setting that up. Go over the flow. In your personal collections, are there particular characters that you were like, I have to buy more than one of these so I can do them in different ways? Or what is the, the coolest or most unique that... Um, character model that you painted an alternate uh, paint scheme or costume or added additional basing to that you're just we're over the moon to be able to do tim likes to put mustaches on his guys i love putting mustaches on everyone <laughs> that i can um let's see as far as I want to paint this one a million different ways goes, I just, I know I bring up the Hulk a lot, but I feel mm. like the Hulk is just so good. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah. first of all, big fan of Hulk in the comics, always awesome. And then like, it's just such a good miniature. It's just got so much canvas on this one guy mm, that totally. you can just do whatever with. And it's big, you get to see it. So, you know, you don't have to microscope in and look. <laughs> so yeah. I just, I really like painting the Hulk. I would paint a million Hulks and they would all be different. I have a rainbow army of Hulks. I love that. That, actually. Would, that would be the one that I would do. I remember back like around wizard comics and stuff, the like go-to model to get, cause you could make it so unique in so many different ways. You'd always get Iceman's and like silver surfers. Cause they were just a blank action figure for the most part Yeah, that you could mod and paint in all sorts of different ways. And I never thought about Hulk in that way. And it's absolutely spot on. You mm -hmm. can do so much. With absolutely. I like that a lot. One I've always wanted to do, I think is the amazing Spider-Man model and black cat. <laughs> To have Black Cat on top of the hand that's holding up the thing like a figure skater, I think would be just really cool. To yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, what about you, Dallas? What's your, uh, or at least the, the first go-to in your mind alternate paint scheme that you did for your personal yeah. collection? I mean, that's the thing is like, I get the, I get the, I get the bonus and uh, privilege of doing the weekly stream. Uh, one of the two weekly streams. Excuse me. And um, those are those are typically our personal miniatures. We're painting on those. OK. Uh, you know, I, which I think is very important because if it's mine, I'm going to that's going to come through my my teaching um, because our, our weekly stream is all about I'm trying to teach and inspire how to approach miniature painting because a lot of people are new to it. And, um, you know, it's it's it can be a new hobby that has a lot of hiccups and obstacles. So I want to try to demystify those and show quick and easy ways to paint those. But those are typically mine. So I usually have, I don't know, there's a couple of characters over in, in my case, because I have the same thing. I have a case. Um, I get in trouble when I don't display my stuff. My partner gets very mad that I don't display enough of my <laughs> stuff. Um, I usually put them in like places that no one can see them. 
Um, so I have a, I have several characters that are just multiple colors. I have multiple iterations of several of the characters. Um, I have like three Wolverines painted and I have an idea for another one and then like another diorama just to do with Wolverine. Um, and now that Sarah's talking about Hulk, I can only imagine painting a Hulk in like flesh tones and covered in like really sick sailor tats. Yes. Oh my gosh. I was totally thinking that when Sarah was talking about Hulk, I had that exact image in my mind. Like, I really need that now. It's just like, (laughs) just, just, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe next year he's got some like, he's got some like sparrows on his chest. He's got the, you know, the, the, the compass stars on his, his, uh, hands. He's got hold fast on his knuckles. Like, uh, oh. <laughs> well, mine has his fingernails painted. Cause he's got those, he's the big, big hands. Yeah. He's probably one of the best opportunities for painting the fingernails yeah. too. Yeah. Totally. Yep. Give him five o'clock shadow. <laughs> oh, yeah. Or like a tuxedo for the renewal of vows events <gasps> with like the rip off, um, sleeves. Oh my gosh. Can you imagine? I just, I, I yeah, so many variables. The possibilities are endless. Cool. Yeah. Um, so to circle back a little bit to, we talked about grunts very, very briefly, or they were mentioned before. Um, that's one of the things that we've kind of seen introduced and then uh, maybe even a little bit expanded. We've seen it now. And I don't know if you necessarily call them grunts, but in the grunt style card in the Hella ultimate encounter, um, is implementing something like grunts something that you see kind of evolving over time, or is it something that you want to be very careful about in how you potentially expand or continue to introduce further grunts down the line? So it's interesting to phrase that as an or, because everything evolves over time and everything is done carefully. So not to, um, not to give a non answer, but yes. I like that. <laughs> uh, nailed it, Sarah. Like, things are going to evolve and things, we're going to get inspired by what we did. And then mm-hmm. like that's going to change a rule and that's going to become a new thing. And who knows what the future holds. It's yeah. Wide open. In kind of like a, a lesson learned approach where you're like, all right, we saw how it came off with this. And then how can we kind of alter that and morph it so that it, is more customized to this new thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And the, the grunts are a cool example, if I'm remembering correctly, of the the collaboration between the whole team, that the grunts, as an idea, were spawned over in um, Dallas's section of yep. the camp, working on how do we make really awesome miniatures? And then that comes over to us, and we go, well, how do we make rules that highlight the awesomeness of these awesome things that our sculptures are over there making. Um, and that's the the like ebb and flow between us and how we work together is that nothing nothing comes from one spot and the awesomeness always just snowballs as it goes through development. So who knows where exactly how things are going to evolve, but someone's going to come up with a great idea yeah. and we're all going to go with it. I think we've seen that very specifically with the ultimate encounters. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't, granted, you know, as as you've said, it's, it's a little fluid as to when things are designed and when they come out. But seeing early ultimate encounters like Hulk or Ultron play a very specific way and then kind of see that expanded and then adding the AI rules for Ultron and then almost mm-hmm. having those rules implemented in the Unstoppable Colossus as well. 
where you can play with three people, you can play with two. I really dig kind of how that section of the game has kind of evolved over time. Mm -hmm. Out of the things that have come out so far for those, what are your go-to ultimate encounters to play? Oh, this is painful because my immediate answer was something that has not come out yet. So I'm sitting here waiting on it. But out of the ones that have come out yet, um, I don't really have a go-to as much as um, my family, their favorite thing to play is the ultimate encounters. So anytime I go over, we're always playing different ones. So we're always cycling through. Um, so Hella is the newest one. So mm-hmm. that's the one that we're playing, right? Like Hella's the newest, coolest thing. I, I have younger siblings. So we're going to play Hella yeah. um, until they rem- remember that another one that's older is also really new and cool. What's old is new again and you go back to it. Yeah. Um, yep. Separate- so I think the... Oh, sorry. I was just going to say that they do really like Unstoppable Colossus. It's just sure. fun for him to run around and smash. And yeah. it's also really fun to be able to play cooperatively, especially with with the littler ones um, that love to play, but don't always want to actually um, compete against um, their their parents or me yeah. or right. anyone. Yeah, I think so. Very specifically, I, I've been playing some of them with my son, and I think the ultimate encounters uh, are just sometimes very perfect into bringing in a new or especially a younger player and still have enough going on, you know, a very broad base, but a very high ceiling, I guess is the way I like Mm -hmm. to describe it, where you can play it with effectively players at any level and everyone's going to have a good time and being able to take kind of away. Sometimes the someone having to be the bad guy also kind of gives it that, that really nice, like, let's, let's just beat up the juggernaut because it's fun. Yeah. Um, So I really appreciate that kind of as a whole. Um, Separation anxiety is one that's a go-to for us at conventions all the time. You can get four players in. It has a very nice element of randomness to it. Um, And it's it's just, I don't want to say a workhorse, but it's just an absolute nice go-to, especially in the convention scene, because everyone can jump in and just have a really good time. Absolutely. Plus, you never know what symbiote you're going to get, which is always fun. Yeah. It never plays the same twice. Separation anxiety is amazing. It was so um, fun. Yeah, I I think Ultimate Counters 2 also takes some of the sting out of losing, Mm -hmm. if especially if you're if you're a littler littler player and um maybe you don't like that you've been losing a bunch, that it's an ultimate encounter. You can't be mad. Oh no, Hella, goddess of the dead, has smited you. Like, (laughs) yeah, how how can you be mad? right what did you expect yeah this is not a personal failing yeah okay like she's pointed a lot of people (laughs) it's almost like one of her main things it's kind of like the thing (laughs) plus with the hello one if your characters do get days don't worry you'll get to see them later just on the other side that's all that's all right See, I'm the odd person now i want to play a dark dimension i want to play dormammu come get some so yeah, yeah. On the stream, I it, it is is normally assumed that I am going to be playing the the bad guy because I I love it and yep. I think it's a lot of fun. Um, the um, what was it called? The Dimension of the Dread Dormammu was that the ultimate encounter one with him? Uh, was really fun. I think we played it like three weeks in a row on yeah. the stream because it was just an absolute blast. And I think there's almost like a learning curve too, right? The first time you play, yeah. you're like figuring out actually how to 
play through it. And then you're like, all right, well, next time, now that I know what I'm doing, yeah. mm-hmm. I'm going to do this. And I think that's just a really unique, fun part of that is like every single one you play almost always opens up that immediately. All right, well, next time. Yeah, but then we'll do this. And, and really yeah, fun. both sides are like learning and pushing each yeah. other. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And depending on who you take for your characters, like if you go back to the first Ultimate Encounter that was released with all of the new characters that have been released since that came out, like the possibilities are endless for who and what you can play. Yep. It's almost I kind of want to like go through a spree or like a like a marathon of playing them all like once a year to just be like, well, now we have all of these new characters. We have shield and we have grunts and we have this. Like, I, I think that's definitely they're going to have longevity for, for, for sure. this game yes. how characters are released for a long time. Um, so many more characters to make. So with that, with, with new characters to make, we saw today, uh, looks like AMG released a little bit of a teaser for the winter guard. And I know we can't go into super specifics there, but I have to say that Urza Major model looks <laughs> incredible. Oh my God. And with, I am just getting into painting now. I primed my first MCP model uh, today, right before I came over here. I sprayed it in the garage and then jumped in the car and headed over. And it was Black Swan, who also I'm just absolutely stoked to finally get on the table. Um, I think a character like Urza Major provides a really unique opportunity for someone like me that's just getting into the hobby side of it to have a really nice, huge character model that has a bunch of detail, but also kind of, at least to me, seems unintimidating to paint. Good. When you're looking at model releases or or putting people out, what, I guess, tell me a little bit about your process as far as making models accessible to new hobbyers as well as being able to give people what they want that are significantly more experienced in that field oh that's a good question (laughs) Um, i mean we always like i said i've been doing miniature painting and miniatures for over 30 years um and i'm a miniature painter like my my start in the industry was painting miniatures and so it is always that like, how do we make them fun to paint? It's like the goal, right? Um, yeah. When we're when we're getting the sculpts in and we're looking at them and we're looking at the, um, you know, like the, um, you know, we 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 print them out. And we take a look at the the what they feel like in our hands. What they feel like if I was going to paint that. I always just have those like those things where I'm like looking. How would I paint that? How would I paint that? what color would go there? Should this be an inset Would that like um, the other day when I was painting scourge, we were talking about the, he's got tattoos on his heads, right? You have two ways you can make a detail on a metro. You can make it raised or you can make it inset. That's it. There's that's it. So if you make that, that tattoo raised, of course that looks like something attached to him. Yeah. But if you do inset lines and you paint them black, those the the inset lines go away and it just becomes a black tattoo and like that's the discussion right do we put the inset lines on there do we just tell people to freehand it right um you know because like there are some things that we just can't do um mustaches look really really weird 
when you when you sculpt them on a miniature. So we've been working on different ways to like fake those in and uh, make it feel like a mustache, but there's actually not a mustache sculpted there. Fun fact, when you take a look at. Um, but we don't want you to have to freehand certain things. So we, it's always trying to figure out how to make it easy to paint. And fur is a real tricky one in yeah. miniature. Um, we've been developing our fur technique for uh, several years. And um, I think we've hit like a pretty good spot where we give you just enough texture for like a wash, a quick wash. Uh, but then somebody like our studio print, uh, the, the guy who painted the studio, uh, Ursa Major, Brendan, who paints, if you look at the credits, he paints quite a bit of this stuff. Um, he just loved painting that miniature. I mean, he wouldn't stop. I was just like, I was just like, wrap it up, bro. Come on. <laughs> he's just like, I'm just painting all these. Like, he's just like, Oh, look at these little tiny, t- oh, you know what? One more pass. I think he needs like a little red hairs. <laughs> <laughs> he's just like, he just fell in love with like that, that like, it was just enough texture for, um, a um beginner painter or novice but it was it was it was um not enough texture or just the right amount of not texture for somebody like him who was just like he just i think we lost the end of that dallas i don't know if you got muted or audio caught Uh oh um, we can no longer hear you. Well, I, can, I can make up some sounds for him. So while Dallas takes a look into that, Sarah, I have a very important question for you, especially bringing in newer or younger players into the game. One of the things that I found uh, pretty early, uh, I did a teaching game with Danny and a couple other people around the network, and I effectively just kept out Tactus cards from the first game and a, a mm-hmm. few other things. Have you found any interesting things there that kind of help? Um, I guess not really the learning curve, because one of the great things about MCP is that it is very easy to pick up and and, and play. But are there any um, things that you have found that that really help bring new people in? And is always throwing terrain at other people because it's always fun. It, it is always throwing terrain at other people, um, except for when it's throwing people at other people, which is the only other thing that is better Correct. sometimes. Well, you, you can't uh, give it to them all at once. You need, a, you need right. to build up to something. Yeah, as right, right. Hitting people so when, once you've figured out you can throw cars, you go, can't I throw that guy? And then you get to tell them, yes. As a matter of fact. <laughs> oh yes, you can. <laughs> um, but um, I have found that um, when trying to help new players on board, it, it really depends a lot on, I mean, this, not to say, hmm, how do I want to say this? Um, people who have no familiarity with miniatures games need a different kind of help than people who do have familiarity mm-hmm. with other miniature games. Mm-hmm. Um, people who have no familiarity you often want to do things for them like, I have just built you a squad, not even a roster. Like, we're just going to obfuscate all of that for you. Like, here is some characters that I know you like. I've put them together for you. And um, like you said, maybe we're even going to skip the tactic cards, depending on who you're talking to, if you know them at all. 
if you know what they like, like, or we're going to use like two. I've found that giving them just active tactic cards can also help because yeah. they remember it's my turn. What do I have? I can do. I have my cards. I can read them. Like that's yeah. easy um, for a lot of people who have no familiarity with this kind of game. Um, and then people who do have familiarity with this kind of game absolutely do not want you to build a roster for them because it, isn't that a big draw of miniatures yeah. that you want to do that for yourself. So what they want to be told is, okay, so here's I, what I've done is I've built the crisis for us. This is what I've decided we're going to play. I've picked whatever I think is the most straightforward sequence of events here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you go ahead and tell me who you want to play. Um, and I can perhaps raise an eyebrow subtly if I think you, <laughs> you should reconsider. Um, and then you you just jump into the game. Because those types of people, they really just want to jump into the game. They don't want you to hold their hand through it. And maybe it'll be a rough experience, but they'll learn it. And then the next game, they'll be ready to go. Because they have a lot of experience playing these things. Well, I think that's too one of the one of the big draws to MCP as a whole is uh, whether it's X Men or the Avengers or their comics fans or a movie or TV. There's so much there already that it, it's difficult to find to not find someone that you want to play or, yeah. or a bunch of their friends. When we talk uh, either on the show or on stream about characters that either we want to see or or fantasy teams that we have for ourselves, it's difficult to narrow it down. Right. <laughs> Especially mm-hmm. as characters continue to come out, it's like well. I, I don't, a top one? No, I don't have that. But I have like a top 15 that I would still like to, yeah. <laughs> like to see in the game at some point. Um, Solid top three. But so so what are your your go-tos uh, as far as affiliation and characters that you like to bring? I'm sure it's different based on if you're going to play an event or, or just a pickup game. But are there a handful of characters or maybe an affiliation or two that you see yourself constantly either... I have I have a group that I leave in the car just because I know well if it's for these things then I have it on hand and I really like to play uh, those particular characters. Are there characters that kind of fit that that mold for you? Well, test, um, test. oh, we got Dallas! You. Yay! Welcome back, Dallas. Dallas. Well, do you wanna do you wanna take this now that you have a microphone? Do you have a a favorite squad? I was reading, so I can't hear at the same time I read. So, uh, what was the question? Uh, <laughs> it was what were your go-tos to like either keep in the car or have like a display box ready to go um as far as bringing affiliations and characters whether you whether you're not really certain what you're going to play once you once you get there uh, the old reliables I'm real, yeah i'm 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 a i'm a whims and ways kind of like i have no idea what i'm going to do at any given moment um so like a lot of times i'm just it's it's whatever's kind of like top of the noggin and inspirational i mean obviously right now i'm like i'm ready to put miss marvel back on the table um yeah i haven't i haven't played her in a while and i'm ready to get her back on the table but i don't know i don't really have like a go-to except for maybe dormammu and where i'm just like and dormammu was behind it all Like, like, yeah, I just can't help it. Like, it's a, it's a, he's, he's a big, like crazy, like extra dimensional demon. And I'm just like, yes, please. I need that. I really yeah. like Dormammu for a number of reasons. Number one, that I can just throw nine other models in the roster and I'm good to go. Yeah. It doesn't matter. I yeah. don't really need to think about it. Yeah. 
um because okay. how we normally play on stream is like well who haven't we used in a while yeah. or or who you know would be really interesting with some of the new characters that we're excited to mm -hmm. play and 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 use um but there's always those just those wild lists that dan has one that's just ah everyone's just blue yep it's it's all just a bunch blue. of blue yeah. people uh sure thing wrote in a couple weeks ago and sent me a roster that was called bring your kid or clone to work day that was uh, Cable, <laughs> Cable and Cyclops, Wolverine, X-23, and Honey Badger, who X-23 and Honey Badger are just some of my favorites. Shout right out now. for that. Yeah. Yep. I think it was Red Skull and Sin, as well as Magneto, Quicksilver, and Scarlet Witch. And a lot of the stuff that we do is just, or that you can do, is just, it's so fun. Yeah. You can set little themes around it and just have a good time. And I don't think there's been a point where we've played one of those where it hasn't just been a, right, but it doesn't matter because all I want to do is this one thing or do these things. And yeah. It's, and that goes back to that storytelling aspect that just correct. makes it so much more fun and so many more layers. Wasn't there one with like characters who've lost an appendage, right? With like Bucky. Yes. And yeah. <laughs> it was like Bucky and Vision and uh, Black Dwarf. And just, yeah, if the if you lost a limb at some point during the MCU, you were in the in the yep. roster. Um, have you guys had any, I guess, more thematic lists like that that were certainly not to be competitive, but were just to have and to have a good time or or for a joke? Um, I tend to go, um, the, the opposite direction of Dallas from doing that kind of thing is I want to get as many, as many of the littler people onto the field as possible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, so rather than giant Dormammu, um, if renewal of vows wasn't obvious enough, I'm going to put Mystique on the table. And then if, you know, we don't know what story we're telling, it's, well, Mystique is up to something. She's not going to tell you. She hasn't told me. I don't know what it is, but she's up to something. <laughs> We're going to watch it unfold. <laughs> We're going to yeah. watch it unfold. And for that, I'll, I'll often bring Electra with her, which again is like, they're not in any of the same affiliations, I don't think. Like, um, there's no, there's not any specific synergy going on besides Electra's here. She's up to something. She hasn't told you. She hasn't told me. <laughs> we're going to find out what it is. <laughs> I like the same thing with uh, Mr. Sinister, too, especially with yeah. some of the Krakoa stuff. Like he's, oh listen, he has his own agenda. Sometimes he knows what it is. Other yeah. times he doesn't. It's just, yeah. Just flying by the seat of his pants. 100%. <laughs> that was one of the things, too, as far as alternate model. I'm just in huge circles here. You are. But uh, as far as alternate paint uh, schemes for characters, Mystique is one that I've seen just a whole ton of oh my awesome yeah. mid-change stuff mm -hmm. for. Um, Chuck did mine. I think it's her turning into uh, Miss Marvel or uh, Captain Marvel. And mm -hmm. there was he did an Enchantress also kind of going into Scarlet Witch at the mm -hmm. same time, too, that just came out. It's really stellar. cool. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I think think that is going to bring us right about would, to the end yeah what's that i would put, I would put six dormamas on the table if i was allowed <laughs> so <laughs> we were talking about that the other week that if mcp uh had some of kind of the silly restrictive rules that other games had if you had to like well you can't run brotherhood unless you have a full contingent of at least three toads and you have to have that to build out this other thing uh, we were like oh, i'm running four juggernauts <laughs> just just to see what it was like right it's yeah just, uh, first off, first off, 
I will allow you to play against me with four juggernauts. <laughs> we, as we've determined, that's a ruckus. It is. It is yep. a ruckus. Okay, was... A collection of juggernauts is a ruckus of juggernauts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's so awesome. I remember that. Well, I mean, the... you got to have a ruckus. Yeah. Well, and it's just, I mean, why would you not have a ruckus? If you're ever allowed to, I think, yeah. Look, the best the best thing you can do in Marvel Crisis Protocol is pick up the biggest thing you're allowed to and hit somebody with it. So if you're not yes. starting a ruckus, I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> like I, I'm interested. Yeah. I'm interested to know what you're doing, but the best thing you can be doing is picking up a really big thing and hitting somebody with it. Every it's it's my <laughs> when I elevator pitch this game to people, it's like, right, okay. I know you may or may not have played other minis games before, but what if I told you you could pick up someone and then hit someone else with that someone? Right. Because you can do that a whole lot. You can do it all if the time. If you're playing as guardians, you can pick up your own brother and hit someone <laughs> with him. <laughs> as you do. <laughs> it's the only way. The fact that that tactus card is this just makes me so happy. Just oh so happy. Gosh. No, well, there are a lot of cards that exist for the story, as we mentioned yeah. before. That and those cards, those ones almost always come from collaboration with people in the studio who just like the characters. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, whether that is the developers or whether it's the sculptors, the artists, just somebody who was there today, who was like, "Man, this is iconic," and we'll be like, "Well." Art director, get to arting because we've got a card and we're going to make it. Go, go art now. Go art now. Uh, Fearful Symmetry was one of those for me where I was just like, oh my gosh, this is, I want to do this. I'm just going to keep playing Craven until I can pull this off because it's so awesome. Yep. Yep. I'm sorry. Pull it off on a stream sometime. I did. Pagani wants to watch it. Yeah. I'll I'll have to link it. I think I I did it against Dan. It was the only thing I set out to do. Yep. And by golly, we did it. You got him. Excellent. Oh man. Um, with the throws, Dallas, I know you're a huge fan of throwing things. Was that always something that was in the game? Mm. Like when Marvel Crisis Protocol was beginning from the ground up, was that like we are gonna throw stuff, we're gonna throw people, and that's just that's it. Uh yeah, terrain. I I love terrain. I love setting a table full of cool stuff i love having uh just this big beautiful table full of scenery and uh you know potted plants and a well manicured lawn and some delicate buildings with fire escapes just so i can cross them so um yeah terrain was a very terrain was like one of those fundamental vital parts of the game from the inception um, and you know, we just kept growing and pushing as we, we, we learn and develop the game. Right. We went from, you know, a little kiosk that in scale is barely four foot wide. I think like that's like a four by 10 building. I think if you go to scale, I can't remember the exact scale. It's real tiny, um, up to an apartment building and then the sanctum sanctorum oh and then the quinjet, right. Like, um, so terrain is such a vital part of for me a mantras game it's mm-hmm. what tells helps sets that scene that story and then the interactive part just makes it chef kiss better 
There was a, a player when we were at Atlantic City at the Atlantic City. I was Open gonna bring that up, yeah. That was just awesome. the, the terrain field that he had, it was just it was a whole bunch of size one stuff. And he was like, There was nothing big I could throw, but I threw so many garbage cans. I was just throwing garbage cans. And he was having so much fun with it that you, you can never do it. He said he did like 19 damage to She-Hulk, just throwing garbage cans. <laughs> it was so funny. Like that's amazing. <laughs> And that's one of those things like, that's like, this is a game. I don't know anyone who with other miniatures games are like, oh yeah. And then remember that really awesome moment that was also hilarious. But this is a story that we are going to continue to tell. We didn't even play in that game. We didn't cover that game, but it's just like, remember that guy who threw 19 trash cans at She-Hulk? Like (laughs) it's just, it's so funny. And I love that so much. Well, uh, I can just perfectly imagine She-Hulk like power walking at you down a corridor as you're like throwing a trash can. She's like, dude. And you hit it with a stick. She's like, okay, I see how this is going to go. Ow, ow, ow. I'm going to get you at the end of this corridor. But... Then you hit that sweet triplicate, that bop, bop, bop. Just, just three in a row. <laughs> well, it's like, it's like why I love to run Hammer so much. It's like, all right, I'm going to get rocket or i'm gonna get bullseye is the one i like the most i'm like this is the game i'm gonna play hammers i'm gonna get four hammers on bullseye and he's just gonna it's, it's gonna be awesome because yep. it's bullseye yep. with four hammers yeah <sighs> i'm gonna get four hammers and then i'm gonna use smash and then one two punt like just, <laughs> <laughs> just pile it on yep um i have a friend who likes to tell me that um i have to write a rule that says certain characters are not allowed to lift the hammer because they wouldn't be worthy um, in the middle of the game and it's always conveniently the characters that i'm playing whoever they are (laughs) um, should not be allowed to pick up that hammer actually there's no way you can spend the power but you can't there's no way you can't pick that up oh my gosh I really like that mechanic a lot. Yeah. That would be like a fun little twist if you had to like roll for it. Are they worthy? Ooh. Debate with your opponent. Yep. Decide. <laughs> Have they done anything worthy in this match? Define what worthy actions would be. Well, in in issue number 342 of Tales from the Art. Like... <laughs> mm-hmm. There's no filibuster rule in MC. Yeah. Right. <laughs> oh my gosh but so i do think that'll bring us to an end tonight guys thank you so much for stopping by this was an absolute blast um and like i like i said before sarah i thank you for renewal of vows um (laughs) it was it was so perfect at the perfect time of year uh really 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 appreciate that and can really tell uh, from both both of the teams that you guys are a part of that there is a lot of care and and thought that goes into this to make sure that the game is accessible and just just fun the it's entire fun. time regardless yeah. of of what format you're playing in um but thank you so much everybody massive shout out to uh to Sarah and Dallas uh, we will see you Monday for us uh, on right here on the Twitch actually uh, for another game. I think Dan and I will be playing this next week, and then after that week, we'll have a special guest from Fury's Finest, Mister Doctor D. Doctor Dylan will, so will be excited. on the stream as well for July Fourth. Guys, thank you so much. We will see you later. Have a great day. Bye.